Welcome to Believing the Bible with Scott Lane and Terry Reed of the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association with a message of hope in today's troubled world based on biblical truths. We hope that today's program is enlightening and inspirational. Grandpa, Grandpa, guess what? My teacher said that George Washington and Thomas Jefferson ought to be removed from Mount Rushmore. Is that a fact? Did your teacher say why? She said it's because they were slave owners, and we should get rid of anyone who had anything to do with slavery. Hmm, that would affect a whole bunch of our founding fathers now, wouldn't it? While it's true that both Washington and Jefferson owned slaves, as they were raised in a slave-owning culture, it's also true that both of them recognized that slavery was wrong. Washington wrote, Nothing but the rooting out of slavery can perpetuate the existence of our union. And while Jefferson was president, he lobbied to pass a law that would stop slave trade out of Africa. Wow, Grandpa, the teacher didn't mention any of that. I'm not too surprised. And since your teacher was wanting to remove anyone associated with slavery, did she happen to mention Charles Darwin? No, sir, she didn't. But I don't think he ever owned slaves, did he? He may not have owned any but he sure made the idea of slaves more popular. You see, when he wrote his books, Origin of Species and Descent of Man, he tried to convince people that God didn't create us at all, but that we all descended from lower animals. He even went so far as to say that so-called white people or Caucasians are the most advanced up the evolutionary ladder, and that groups of people such as those from Africa and Australia are more primitive, and thus it's okay to treat them like animals. That's terrible, Grandpa, but I'll bet the Bible says that slavery is bad, doesn't it? Oh, I wouldn't bet very much on that one. What? Are you saying that God is okay with slavery? Calm down, child. Moses told the Hebrews that they could use a form of voluntary slavery that was meant to be temporary. But the Hebrews did make for real slaves out of some of the people they conquered, which was not what God commanded. In the New Testament, the Apostle Paul wrote a letter to a man named Philemon asking him to go easy on his runaway slave Onesimus because he had become a Christian. And if you read all of Paul's letters, he usually starts them off stating that he's a servant or slave of Christ. Um, are you saying that slavery is a good thing? That all depends on who your master is. In John 8, 34, Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. Then in Mark 10, 44, Jesus said, And whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. So, who was first among us? Would that be Jesus? You've got it. When Jesus came to earth 2,000 years ago, it wasn't to rule, it was to serve. He served us by being obedient to his father, obedient unto death. Not because he really liked the idea, but because he made himself a slave to the will of his father. So the question isn't, is slavery bad? But who are you a slave to? And that's a fact. Welcome to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reid, Dr. Carl Williams, and our producer, Ed Salzadel all directors at the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association. We are here to reassure you can believe the Bible from the very first verse. Interesting skit. It actually could take two tracks of discussion from there, one of which was the discussion of Darwin and what he really set in motion with his theory. Most people have not heard the complete title of his first book, On the Origin of Species, By Means of Natural Selection or the Preservation of Favored Races in the Struggle for Life. 
that favored races stuff, he was a believer in that there were more developed humans and less developed humans, that blacks were inferior, the Caucasians were superior. And sadly, the Nazis took up this and Karl Marx took this concept and moved with it. But there's also the track of what you were talking about at the end, Karl, in that we are all slaves to something. The Bible tells us this and psychology tells us this. For some people, they're slaves to money. Others are in constant pursuit of fame. Some of us let our things control us or the pursuit of things. Some of us allow another person to control us. And what the Bible tells us is that we need to be slaves to Christ, to go with the ultimate example of how to live together and how to live for God. What were you thinking when we put this together? Well, basically, we were talking about a article in Answers Magazine of to December 2020. And there they were talking about how slavery was a big issue, talked about the race issue that's been brought up in the news over most of 2020 regarding the police killing of people who were portrayed as being racist when they did it. So this has sparked a unrest and essentially rioting in many of the major cities across the nation and causing greater so-called race relations problems problems throughout the United States. So it was kind of a thought that we need to examine what is race? Is there more than one race? And if so, how should we deal with each other? So the main idea is to show that, number one, there's only one human race. There's no subset, there's no partitions of different peoples that make up the human race. There's just one race. Obviously, there are different colors, shapes, sizes, and health issues with the different ethnic groups, if you wish to call them that, that some people refer to as races. And it irritates myself and my wife whenever we fill out a form, usually some governmental form, that asks us to identify ourselves as which race race are we? And my wife, whenever she has the opportunity, she writes in human (laughs) as the answer to that question, which is what we all should agree because that's what the Bible says. We are all of one blood. We are all descended from Adam and Eve. And so there is only one human race. And until we recognize that, then this so-called Black Lives Matter and other potentially divisive issues will continue to tear this Western society apart. You are listening to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reed and Dr. Carl Williams. If you would like to learn more, go to sabsa.org. That is S-A-B-B-S-A dot org. Today, we're talking about not only the concepts of race, but also we're going to move into the concept of cancel culture. Darwin's theory, the dirty little secret behind it, is that it believed that some people are more evolved than others. The reaction to slavery, to Black Lives Matter, and everything that's going on in that culture is a pushback against that implicit idea. It has spilled over now into a cancel culture movement in which we are trying to rewrite history, redo our entire our society and turn it upside down. Terry, you have a quote about that. Yes. Uh, getting back to our founding fathers, of, in the Gettysburg Address, Abraham Lincoln, who was not one of our founding <clears throat> fathers, but in the Gettysburg Address, Abraham Lincoln reiterated the ideas espoused in the Declaration of Independence that all men are created equal. Now, where did those ideas come from? In thoughts upon the mode of education proper in a republic in 17 
1786 by Dr. Benjamin Rush, a signer of the Declaration of Independence. Rush recommends the religion of Jesus Christ be taught in our schools. Can you imagine that? One of our founders and the signer of the Declaration of Independence recommending Christianity be taught in our schools. Then he states the history of the creation of man and of the relation of our species to each other by birth, which is recorded in the Old Testament, is the best refutation that can be given to the divine right of kings and the strongest argument that can be used in favor of the original and natural equality of all mankind. So there you have it. Right out of the words of a signer of the Declaration of Independence that these ideas and in the Declaration of Independence, the document that our nation was founded upon, come from the Bible and he specifically states the Old Testament and you can tell by the context of what he says, he's talking about the creation account in Genesis. Now Terry, when you and stated what is in the Old Testament, what you're doing is you're pointing to the truth that Western civilization and Western thought for the past 1700 years has been based upon precepts from the Bible, from the Old Testament, Ten Commandments, and from the Bible itself. But the counterculture movement today, the cancel culture movement that's going on, is trying to turn that over, trying to upset that entire apple cart and saying that the basis of Western civilization has always been racist, that it has always been wrong, and what we used to think was right is now wrong. We're now having debates about abortion, about redefining marriage, about transgenderism, about homosexuality being normal and not wrong. There is a flux going on in the society of what are to be our norms? Carl, when you're seeing this, what do you think? Well, whenever we allow society to make changes to how our moral compass should be driven, then we are taking man's word as supreme instead of God's word. So whenever we get away from God as being the supreme being and the supreme arbiter of all things right and wrong, we are destined to make mistakes. We're destined to fail. And that's what this society is is heading for in their efforts to essentially dispense from any kind of righteous accountability to God, they're going to redefine what is right and wrong. And that is the beginning of the end of humankind. It is a great problem. It is a great concern for our society, for our culture, and for the world itself. One of my problems with all of this is the lack of clarity of where we're supposed to go. What are the answers? You want to cancel this culture. What do you want to replace it with? Well, they want to replace it with a new set of morals that they've defined. You've already commented on that. But then the other thing, they get very, very, what? Very nebulous about what the real answers are. They talk about defunding police. Well, how well does that work? Right now, the murder rates, the robbery rates, the assault rates in Minneapolis, Seattle, and the other places where they have defunded the police have skyrocketed. And so we're looking for better solutions. Closing thoughts, guys. Whenever we try to displace God's authority, then we're going to run into trouble. And the more we displace it, the more trouble we get. So it's compounding itself when we dispense with the rule of law, which in the beginning of this nation was based upon God's word, as Terry pointed out from Dr. Benjamin Rush. Whenever we decide that we're brighter than God, we're going to get ourselves into trouble.
Information for creation events in our area are on our website's calendar page. For more information or to schedule a presentation, go to sabsa.org or call 210-599-7240. When you go to our website, you can click on a link to our newsletter. Our website has a link for contact information on which you can order our newsletter to be emailed to you or you can call us. Also go to whyshouldyoubelieve.com. That is Terry's website containing articles looking at current day issues from a biblical perspective. Sabsa meets the second Tuesday of each month at 7 p.m. We are now meeting at Faith Lutheran Church just south of the corner of Jones Maltzberger and Thousand Oaks. There you will find biblical apologetics and creation science teaching found nowhere else in Bear County, as well as the availability of books and videos on these important subjects. If you miss any part of this show, you can listen to the show anytime by going to the AM 630 KSLR, the Word in South Texas website. Click on KSLR podcast, scroll down until you find Believing the Bible. Please join us again next Saturday for Believing the Bible. I'm Scott Lane. And for Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, and Ed Salzwell, thanks for listening. And we hope you found today a reason to believe the Bible.